Hi everyone, welcome back to Runkle's Recaps, another episode of How I Met Your Podcast with Steve and Jen. Good evening, Jen. Hello, Steve. Tonight we're going to be talking about the sweet taste of liberty. As we teased before on last week, neither of us were looking forward to this particular show and the rewatch of it. And for the most part, I was right, although there were a few gems in there that I had sort of forgotten about. And when I looked at where I had ranked it, it wasn't quite as far back as I had remembered it being. But this episode is focused on two different storylines that are completely separate from another. One is Ted and Barney. Barney sucks Ted into this adventure, taking them down to Philadelphia. And we have a separate storyline with Robin and um, Lily hanging out at the bar and Lily feeling a little bad that Robin's getting all the attention. I don't know. I went in with very low expectations and I actually was pleasantly surprised. I laughed a lot more than I thought I would and I thought things were funnier than I remembered. So I guess I give this one a little bit more credit than we did last week. Well, I want to say that although I thought that I probably ranked this pretty far back, it's actually 114. And that's not quite as good as last week, but a lot better than the pilot. So we continue to move in the right direction. And we start off the episode with the kids and the narrator. And for some reason, we've neglected to mention these last two episodes that the narrator's Bob Saget. Yeah, that's definitely a fail on our part. <laughs> it's a nice fun fact. It's funny because when I first watched the show for the very first time, not really knowing what to expect out of it, and they had Bob Saget narrating, I recognized his voice right away. And it's it's funny to me that that didn't occur to me to mention it since we've started this. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things we've taken for granted that we just forgot we needed to mention. And Bob Saget's an interesting choice. I guess he did do all that work on, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos over the years and... I, I'm just, I wonder how they landed on him, but I'm glad they did. He does a fine job. I, he probably got paid a, a decent amount of money to come in for 10 minutes a week and do the voiceover work, so. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. That seems like a really good gig in, in Hollywood. That's true. So this episode starts with kind of like a weird recap. Like, I don't know if there was a gap in between when it first aired and when episode three showed up, but it's like, hey, this is the bar we always go to, and here's my friends. Let me show you pictures, and here's their name. Yeah, it's sort of a weird little exposition, as if it was the pilot. Yeah, it was very odd. It was very out of place. It's maybe, maybe they thought they should have done it earlier on and just got around to doing it. I don't know. But the his kids are basically teasing him about all the times he spends in bars and uh, th that's how they then launch into him renaming who his friends are. So we start off in the first scene after this with Ted, Marshall, and Lily walking down the street. Ted and Lily are on their phones, and it seems like they're having the same kind of conversation, although Lily's talking to Robin, and Ted's talking to Barney, who's in a cab at this time. And Marshall makes sort of a lame joke that we've all made in the past of, hey, are you guys talking to each other? Another <laughs> horrible... Feeling left out. Well, and another another horrible example of Marshall's the writing that they did for Marshall in the the early seasons. So, and as we've complained before, if you can remember, 
So they're, they're going to McLaren's, which obviously becomes the one of the central points of this show, and it's their, it's their you know... A neighborhood bar. I feel like that's been established already, though. They were there in the pilot. They were there in episode two. And most good shows have one spot that they generally congregate at. It was Central yeah. Park and Friends. It was the diner. Um, I'm struggling with it in Seinfeld. Monks. Monks, thank you. Although we never really see it called Monks. They just reference it a few times. But that seems to be sort of an easy way to shoot. So we get them. They're, they're on their way to, the, to McLaren's, which they, you know, obviously do routinely. And Barty wants to do something else as he's talking to Ted on the phone and wants to talk Ted into let's go and find an adventure. He does not want to be in the rut teen anymore. Yeah, as his play on words exemplifies. And... So I enjoyed the phone conversation. Like, it's cheesy, but it's one of those things that I just think is funny, where he's like, we're going to have this much fun. No, you say it's going to be this much fun, but it's always this much fun. And they're on the phone, they can't see each other. In the world of FaceTime, this could have been a different conversation, but... I thought it was okay. I, you know, we know where this show goes, and it goes to much higher highs than this, so... Oh, obviously. Yeah, I hate to keep mentioning that, but we do get two repeatable lines from Barney, what becomes some of his trademarks, which is, he mentions it's going to be legendary, and then he does, you know, one of his high-five variations, which this time was phone high-five. But then it gets a little... It gets a little tired with him going into, I, I know you didn't do it on your end of the phone, and he does this a few times. There's, you know, through the door high five and, and some other things that come down the road that are all variations of this same joke. And I can't remember if it was in the first two episodes, but I noticed the legendary here didn't have a wait for it in the middle. I feel like it does for most of the rest of the series. Like it shows up later in the episode, but the first few, it's just straight legendary, no wait for it. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he Barney's argument is we will only have this much fun, sort of middle-of-the-road fun at McLaren's, but now we have a chance for much, much more fun. And that's, that's sort of an argument we all have with friends as we're planning to do something where we have a regular place we all go to or we all meet up at, and hey, let's just go there and hang out. And you always end up having a good time, but there's no adventure to it. So this is, this is a relatable theme. But his choice is to let's go pick up people at the airport. Well, hold on. I don't want to get there yet because yeah. you're, you're skipping over a pretty good joke where Barney pulls up and he says, get in, you two. And Marshall has a reason why he's not going to get in. And Barney's like, okay. And just <laughs> accepts, it right, accepts it right away and just is ready to leave. And um, So Barney kind of cuts him off, doesn't care that he's not going to come. I didn't think Barney's Peace Out Suckers was all that well-placed, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's it, mid-2000s, you gotta. <laughs> it's not the worst thing we've heard in the first three episodes, right. certainly. Now we have Ted and Barney in the cab, and as soon as Barney mentions that the plan is to go to the airport, Ted wants to bail out, and Barney prompts the, the cabbie to go ahead and lock the doors of the cab. And I did note that it was not Ranjit, so apparently they don't have him on speed dial yet. Is that... I can't imagine that that's legal for them to be able to lock people into the cab. <laughs> that doesn't seem I mean, Ted didn't seem safe. upset about it. I do like the cabbie's name is Esteban. You know, that means Stephen in Spanish. <laughs> yes, it does. Then we get Ted and Barney at the airport. 
<laughs> they are now, quote-unquote, picking up people at the airport. Yeah, now we understand that Barney's whole plan was to try and try and pick up on women at the airport. I don't, I don't know if it's a bad plan. I think it's a pretty bad plan. It clearly hasn't worked all that well for him, because later in the episode it shows all the times he tried and just got rejected. There was the one time where he climbs out of the duffel bag where apparently he was successful. But it's like he's tried this solo several times, and it doesn't well, seem to have worked out that well, and then he just drags Ted into it. I think there's interesting conversations you could strike up. There's sort of an, some easy introductions to conversations there where you had it, uh, you know, how long have you been waiting for your plane to arrive? Things like that. Small talk is easy to strike up there. But you don't know how, you know, when people have to leave to go someplace very quickly, uh, unless someone's sitting down in a, in a seat, they're probably trying to head to the next location. So, yeah, it's probably not a very convenient place to try and stop somebody and get them interested in what you're saying. Yeah, and they're also at, like, the baggage pickup part. Where people would naturally be leaving, although right. you would hope that would mean... So that you know, brings up the question is, they're meeting these two girls at baggage pickup. Why are these women getting ready to leave for Philadelphia right. exactly. and picking up baggage? You would... So, so I, I didn't even think of that until you just mentioned it just now, but I also noticed that when they're coming in, Barney is carrying the two suitcases even though they have wheels on them. Oh, I didn't notice that. Because <laughs> I took a note that why, you know, at, at this date and time, you know, 2005, 2006, whenever it was, everyone had rollies already. Right. And I think he even mentions that, like, oh, your suitcase has wheels? My suitcase has wheels. Yeah. So, uh, my... There are tennis suitcases didn't have wheels. Oh, my God. Like, a long time ago? Well... You know, I'd like to try and remember how long it was. I remember when Ben was traveling his senior or junior year to go wrestle in North Dakota or wherever it was for the summer for a week. He, the suitcase he brought was without wheels. Oh, and so that would have been about 1990 or 89. I'd say probably somewhere into the mid-90s most people had the Rollies, but... I guess by the time I needed a suitcase, they already existed. There were ones that were like the regular suitcases, but they had little tiny wheels on the bottom, and you could use a leash to pull it. <laughs> and they made a joke of this in the movie Airplane. Remember, I got you to watch the movie Airplane? Vaguely. You liked it. You thought it was really funny. I didn't think that you were you were going to appreciate the humor, because it's a lot of... <sighs> what, what am I looking for? Uh, it's very silly, first of all. But one of the scenes, and I think it was in the first airplane, and I may be wrong, it might have been the second one, where people are pulling their suitcases, because the airplane takes place or somewhere around 1980, maybe a little earlier. They're pulling their suitcases with those leashes, and then the two suitcases start to bark and like growl at each other and pull <laughs> at each other, like of two people walking by. I don't so it sort of that. it sort of has that dog look to it. It was it was it was a good gag. Sounds like There's it. a lot of gag comedy in that movie. I think that's sort of what I was looking for. So, so Ted's not into this. We jumped ahead a little bit with the them picking up the women or thinking they're picking up the women. And Ted's not into it at all. And so Barney has to threaten to start a speech. <laughs> yeah, and also there's a little bit of back and forth about the usage of the term legendary and how Barney yes. overuses it. They have a flashback to a scene of Barney coming and saying... Let's go build a snowman or something. It was an igloo, which to me does actually sound kind of legendary. 
that sounds like a lot of work for very little payoff in the end. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, I don't really have much to say. He's, there was the snow suit up, and again, we're getting sort of early on. They had a lot of variations of the suit up, and I, I think they cut it out after a while because it got used up pretty quickly. And then Barney starts doing the fingers to your eyes, my eyes, your eyes, my eyes the motion. Whole the whole episode, it was way too much. But that's Barney. Like, that's just who Barney is. They, they do deploy it once where it's pretty funny, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But <laughs> yes. yeah, it is way overused in this episode. So we're back to, Bar- to Robin and Lily at McLaren's, and Carl comes up to give them drinks and says, that gentleman over there sent them to you. And there's a really good uh, bit by Carl of, you know, telling telling Lily that she owes $6. It was clear that the guy was only buying drinks for just Robin. And Right. And I was, you know, I'm a little insulted for Lily because it's also like, well, I didn't order another drink, so now I have to pay for this thing that I didn't ask you to bring me? That's a really good point. I mean, obviously <laughs> it was just done to right. get through that joke, and Carl delivers it really well. Right. Uh, so I like that part of it. We go back to Ted and Barney at the airport. This cuts back and forth so many times. There's a lot of scenes in this yeah, show. Yeah, it does. And it's not like they're parallel, so it's kind of weird that they did it that way. And it's funny because when I watch the show from recording it on, it's not TBS, I'm not sure what it's on, TNT or something, but they were playing that. I watched that Hulu. Okay. So when I watch it on regular TV, they didn't have this scene, but when I just watched it on Hulu to, to watch it one more time before doing the podcast, they have Ted hitting on a girl and just completely striking out before Barney right. comes up and starts <laughs> talking about But they didn't have that on the TV one. And it, it was an easy cut. I yeah, mean, that's interesting. It, it was an establishment shot where, okay, Ted's not doing very well. And then we have Barney coming over and saying, girls from Buffalo are not cute. Rude. Sorry, Becky. <laughs> Jen's good friend. Becky, who was actually in Vegas with Jen when I met Jen for the first time and partied with us, and we went to her wedding up in Buffalo. Buffalo um, would take offense to this, and I and I should say Barney is not thinking this through because Valerie Malone on nine hundred two one zero, played by Amber Thiessen, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, was was from Buffalo. So in the fictional world, I feel like I mean, is this the same universe? Oh, can I make a connection there? <laughs> um, no, probably not. Oh, well, Jason Priestley does appear. Oh, that's true. On, <laughs> on how he met your mother, but not as Brandon Walsh. So you can't count that as it be in the same universe. That's true. So do you remember how strikes out? Do you remember how excited I was when I realized that Friends and Seinfeld could be considered in the same universe? No, and I don't remember that being a thing. <laughs> We'll get back to that in one second. I have to let the bulldog outside. And that's not a euphemism. So we're back, and I was just about to mention how Friends and Seinfeld are in the same universe. So it's connected, actually, through Mad About You. Oh, right, right. There's an episode of Mad About You whereby the Paul Reiser character is trying to sort of prove that he's moving on with his life and getting ready to marry the Helen Hunt character, and so he's going to finally go and, I guess, get rid of his apartment that he had as a single guy that he's now subletting. And the big surprise in that episode is that the person he's subletting it to is Kramer, the character of Kramer, whose cameo is on this Mad About You episode, but he's playing himself Kramer, 
And they even mentioned Jerry, you know, is that comedian still living across the hall? So we know that Mad About You exists in the same universe as Seinfeld. Now, Phoebe, her twin sister, I forget what her name is, Ursula, works at Reggie's, which is, or is it, yeah, it is Reggie's, which is the diner that they use as the central point in Mad About You. She's the waitress there. Is that the Bizarro Monks? I don't know. I never thought about that before. Because I'm pretty sure it was called Reggie's on Mad About You. I, I think I watched that show maybe one time all the way through. I never really go back to reruns, but it was a good show. I feel like that's the one where George always goes when he's feeling sorry for himself. Yeah, but the sets are completely different. So, ah, okay. so maybe not, because Reggie's in Seinfeld looks very similar to Monks. Right. Uh, as the bizarro place, but the Reggie's in Mad About You and listeners, I may be getting that wrong. Email us, obviously, if once we come up with an email address. <laughs> yes. Hey, never mind. I think you can actually leave a comment on the website right now. I don't know where it goes, but yeah, we'll start talking about the website soon uh, because we're we're just getting ready to have it viewed by the public. At any rate, so. If Ursula and Phoebe exist in the Mad About You world, they must exist in the Seinfeld world. Yes. And that is it. So, let's come back to the yes. show. Moving on. Hey, I think that's an interesting fact. No, I think so too, but no, we are here to talk how I met your mother. So, Barney just throws Ted into these random girls' luggage. Yeah, he tries to manufacture a meet-cute moment. Yes, and that's where I have written, like, why are they in the baggage claim saying they're flying to Philadelphia? No, that's a good point, and that, you know, just sort of careless writing, I guess. But the girls are hot, and they're going to Philadelphia. So Barney comes up with a brilliant idea of let's join them. We go back to Marshall at home. Now, this is one of my favorite Marshall tropes of him just, like, singing to himself something nonsensical. It always makes me laugh. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when, in the later episodes where that's identified as his biggest foible. Right. I, I remember thinking, I don't know that he does that. I, I thought they sort of made it up for that episode. But obviously watching this one, he does it a great deal in this one. Right. I don't think he does it much ever again. I think he does it so much in this episode that they could make it a callback later on. But he, yeah, he certainly, maybe. once I saw him do it, I was like, oh, maybe I just don't watch rewatch this episode because I don't like it all that much. So that's why I didn't remember that he, that was one of his habits. Uh, Ted calls. There's... I can't remember what it is, but there was a bad greeting from Marshall. And there's... A, something singing. Oh. There's a good gag. We talked about the fingers to the eyes thing, and Barney's trying to talk Marshall to join them. Now, my question is, if they're going... if At this point, they still think they have a shot with these two girls. Why would they have Marshall join them? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, we could be the kind of podcast that tries to do the writing for them, for them, and... You know, they're probably going to ask these girls if they have another friend. And Although Marshall's but married. No, Marshall's, yeah, Marshall's yeah, engaged. So what, yeah, that's right, he's engaged. So why, it doesn't make any sense why they'd be calling him, but there is that good visual of Barney doing the eyes, pointing at his eyes and then pointing outwards as pictures he sent over the phone to Marshall. And it was funny because I, I don't remember that those flip phones had cameras. Mm-hmm. They did. They were very small screens, but they definitely took pictures. Yeah, and it's funny that that was not all that long ago, but yeah, everybody had flip phones back then. 
Even Barney just like really flips it closed, like very dramatically. Yeah, I'm getting a little noise here because our bulldog is chewing on something. You know what? We we can't put her in a room. We 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 can't broadcast from a room with hardwood floor because she paces around us as we do this. And so you hear the tap tap tapping. This is as good it's gonna get as it's gonna get. And I think the fact of the matter is the bulldog's just part of the show now. Yes, Roxy is part of the Grunkle family recaps. So, I don't know. I don't know how good these microphones are. They're picking that up. But... They, they really picked up her walking around. <laughs> I don't know if folks heard that on, on the second episode. I'm not sure if I was eventually able to edit that out before we posted it. But uh, it was it was throughout maybe 50% of the recording. <laughs> so, yes, if you hear chewing in the background, that's just Roxy. Chewing on stuff. So... Uh, there's also a, a good back and forth with Mar- with Barney and Ted about the seatbelt. And this reminded uh, me of our recent flight to New Orleans, where during takeoff, I wanted to let, or when we were either going in the air or getting ready to land, I wanted Tyler to be able to look out the window and be able to see sort of the, the ground getting either further away or closer, whichever one it was. And so you had already said you don't want me to do that, but I went ahead and did it. And then when you looked over and noticed, you started to kind of freak out. Like, just, yes, that's like literally the most dangerous time to not be buckled. Yeah, but it was just going to be for a couple minutes. Yes, and that's when, if something's going to happen, it's going to be during those couple minutes. Right, but you know what? We're having the same conversation they are, which is why <laughs> it reminded me of that. Because I think it's okay to take a little bit of a risk there, because... Part of his enjoyment of being on the plane is actually being able to see what's going on. And Tyler's five years old, so sitting down, he can't come anywhere close to be able to see it. I did eventually extend the belt all the way out so that he's sort of standing there. I clicked it around him, which really doesn't do a whole lot. But uh, I think we're getting a CPS call after this post. Let them try and come. <laughs> so, so Barney gets scolded as you should have. But this was that they actually played this out very well. Where Barney gives a speech about seatbelt versus non seatbelt in life, and Ted puts right. his life behind a seatbelt, and Barney says, "I'm going," and starts to get up, and then he gets you know warned by the the flight attendant. Right away, he sits down and cowers down. He he wasn't he wasn't brave at all in that moment. There's no level of defiance left. Although that changes very quickly when they get arrested. Well, and going back just real quick to the phone call with Marshall, we have, I believe, the first reference to the Fiero. Oh, yeah. Which comes into play yeah, throughout the series later on. Yeah, the Fiero plays a major part in what I think is one of the top five best episodes of all time. <laughs> that one's great. We'll get to it. So, Lily and Robin back at McLaren's. I have a lineup of sleazy guys, or a sleazy guy, guy parade, just like blatantly... Interrupting their conversation, like getting in between Lily and Robin, like super rude. Yeah, very obnoxious, turning their back on Lily. I think one of the strategies that guys who know about picking up women talk about is you gotta separate friends from each other. You gotta get the girl on her own, which sounds obviously extremely creepy and inappropriate and, and rapey. But these guys don't even bother doing that. They just sort of block Lily out. And you know, I'm a little surprised that either Lily or Robin are like, would you get away from me and stop putting your back to my friend? Well, you it's know, not the same guy over and over. No, but just every time it happened, it was like, why are they letting this happen? Grab the guy by his ear, pull That's him out of there. That's victim blaming. Okay, maybe it is. 
But I'm, I'm still surprised the other them did something right. like that. Right, no, they are pretty outspoken. And thanks for keeping me straight on modern-day offense <laughs> language that I'm, not, I'm, that I'm not as good at as you are. So, yeah, Lily keeps getting ignored again and again. There's one guy wearing a ski cap, <laughs> and he's got sort of like the the ice hockey player look with the longer hair and the ski cap, although he's kind of scrawny. Yeah, that... Well, Lily, not to be super rude, but Lily's outfit is terrible. Robin looks hot. Like, no wonder they're flocking to Robin, but no, they're all being terrible. That's true, because it's never two guys. If it's two guys, one of them's going to talk to Lily. Right. But it's always one guy by himself. Which doesn't work, really. I don't know. I don't know. The only time I would go and talk to a woman at a bar is if I notice a couple times, more than once, that she's looking at me the same time I'm looking at her. So you sort of cross a room, you meet eyes with someone, and then you kind of look away out of shyness. If I ever would look back again and see she was looking back to see if I was looking again, I knew that was time to approach. I would never just walk up to a girl that had no idea who I was or where I was coming from and start talking to her out of nowhere. Interrupting somebody else's conversation. Yeah, you got to be extremely smooth or very good looking to pull all that off. <laughs> I'm only about 50% of each. So we get back to the airplane again, and they're talking to the women and having some drinks, and the, it's revealed very quickly that the women are going to see their boyfriends. They're both linebackers for the Eagles, and one of them thinks that she's going to get proposed to. Yeah, and I also have, like, this, you know, a sign of the times. Instead of, like, showing a picture on their phone, they're like, look, these are our boyfriends. They, and they hand, like, a photograph. Pictures. Aren't they cute? <laughs> so we get Marshall and Lily on the phone now. And Marshall, at this point, has been convinced to go to Philadelphia. He's in the car. He's talking to Lily. And I love this line. You're going to Philly? Why? And Marshall's like, I never asked. <laughs> he just goes. He just so does not want to be there studying. Like he just doesn't even care any excuse. Yeah, right. So they're talking about how Lily's kind of talking to all these guys' backs, and Marshall points out that she has her ring on, and the ring's scaring guys off. So uh, she suggests, well, I would never take the ring off because you'd get jealous. And he says, oh, yeah, I'd get so jealous. Now, this, there's a good, not callback to this, but they write this in the opposite direction. Right. In many seasons from now. And I think, this, like you said, this is one we don't watch all that often, so I had completely forgotten about that, but it just... They have like, to be related. There yeah, has, it rang so familiar, it might even be the exact same language well, she's silly voice. Yeah, go, she says something like, I'm going to suck her in the nose. Because <laughs> I remember she does say, I'm going to suck her in the nose. And so, yeah, it is the same thing, and it's the same result in both cases. Right, so I thought that was funny. Lily signals to Robin, now showing off her naked hand. Now we get to them arriving at Philadelphia, and right away they're accosted by <laughs> the security. The yeah, the security gets to them right away and arrests them. Well, can we call this an arrest? I think it takes them into custody. Yeah, officially. Asks them to take them into question. I remember having law enforcement classes in college, and officially, anytime they contain you is considered an arrest, even if you haven't been charged with anything. So that's called an arrest. You're being arrested. Interesting. I don't think that's true. No, that is true. Look it up. It's law. <laughs> Lawyered. So Barney 
his story is that he's an international businessman, <laughs> and he sort of gets the same sort of way of speaking every time he says it, like he's so official. Right. I am an international businessman on the way to an important international <laughs> business meeting, which I thought was kind of funny, even though it's you know obviously stupid that he doesn't just say what the pro- what they're doing there. Right, that would have gotten them out of trouble probably immediately. But I like the callback. We didn't talk about it earlier, but when they get to the airport, Barney mentions, like, Ted, tuck your shirt in. And then the, the airport security guy is like, I don't know. I've never seen any international businessmen with untucked shirts. That was a good callback. It wasn't a great one, but it was a good one, and I, I appreciated that. They start to do a lot more of that as, as the show goes on. Not this episode, but in the future. They, and apparently the airport's on total shutdown because they have, like, the robots out and... Or they're, they're using some sort of sensors over the bag. And this doesn't look anything like what would actually happen if they were checking a bag for anything dangerous. <laughs> but well, I'm also trying to figure out how did they like decide that this was something to be concerned about. Like, I guess somebody's probably watching baggage claim, but I guess presumably he drops his bag somewhere that and just abandons them, which you know you're not supposed to do in the airport. And I guess there's cameras everywhere, so I'm just trying to, like, click. So they watch him do that, and then they watch him, like, go buy a ticket and then get on another flight. But... So, yeah, the the security officer says you left, you abandoned two bags, and then you boarded a last-minute flight using cash to go to Philadelphia. So it probably started off with whose bags are these, and as soon as they see abandoned bags, the first thing you're going to do is check the video of who left these bags, are these guys, are these people suspicious looking and then when they checked on where they went and suddenly bought a way out of town then yeah. I'm guessing that's what that's the order of events and that was probably actually fairly realistic oh fair so where are we uh, oh so <laughs> they mentioned you know we we've looked back over six months of <laughs> footage and they have you know the the montage of right. Barney trying to meet women at the airport and it's a great shot of him climbing out of a baggage that's coming around the... How is this happening? I don't know. We could speculate. I'm not sure what the logistics of this are. (laughs) Like, maybe before people came down to that turnstile, or whatever you call (laughs) it. Yeah, he he puts the bag on, he gets in the bag, zips it up. But he wouldn't be able to see... He gets right out to a, a good-looking woman. He wouldn't be able to see the women. I mean, if he unzipped it just the tiniest bit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but he said it worked. Yeah, that's the one that works, which is ridiculous. So they they reference that they need to reach out to their lawyer. That's going to be Marshall. And Marshall seems to, to know what he's talking about when they speak to him on the phone. But at what point is not have passing the bar an issue in saying you're somebody's lawyer. Is that only in court, do you think? Well, he never actually shows up and proclaims to be a lawyer. He's but that's, just providing consultation. Via that's where phone. it was going. Or I would think that's where it's going because Marshall says they can't question you without your lawyer present. So was, was Marshall going to then go and meet with them? I assumed he was. Probably. I don't know. Maybe we need to watch my cousin Vinny to find out the rules. I guess Marshall just can pull a bunch of trickery and be like, oh, yeah, you better go check this other state or this other name. Well, <laughs> well, when they finally open the bag, it's, you know, sort of this comedic <laughs> comedy trope of just a bag full of condoms. And a power bar. Oh, and a power bar. 
So I like the Power Bar edition, but just the bag full of condoms, it just doesn't make any sense except for it to be a, a sight right. gag. Exactly. But I, I feel like we see this in movies and other TV shows from time to time, is that all I packed was a suitcase full of condoms. I mean, hooray for safe sex. We go back to the bar, and Lily and Robin are there. Lily is trying to attract guys, and she's using that duck face <laughs> that, that people use all the time in pictures now. And I really don't get it. I, I don't get why duck face has become such a universal, I'm trying to look attractive. I don't know. Is that still a thing? I know it was a thing. So I get really annoyed because there's a couple people I'm friends with on Facebook that I'm not very close with, but we knew each other in the past. So we, one of us would send a friend and, hey, what's this person up to now kind of thing. And the only pictures they post are ones that are completely filtered with them <laughs> making a duck face. And you would think they're doing it as a joke, but they're not. Like, this is what they think people want to see. Interesting. And how much do you think it annoys me that all the comments that come after that are like, hey, beautiful woman, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, come on, people. Why are you biting? <laughs> Why are you against women supporting women? I'm against any sort of encouragement or happiness of any kind. <laughs> oh, I goodness. hate artificial enthusiasm. And I almost spit out my water. <laughs> <laughs> you know this about me. Yes, this is my husband. Have you met? I sort of wish I could get excited about things like that and be so supportive, but uh, the cynic in me, I think, prevents that. So we have Ted and Barney not restrained. I have... Oh, okay, we already got past that part. So uh, clearly they're being released at this point. Although Ted mentioned something about you had to play the, the race card. card. Oh, at this point, they're in restraints. That's what it was. And it's because Barney played the race card. But they're, they're getting out of there. And Barney mentions that Sasha, who's one of the security guards, is having people over for drinks. They're just having a party at her house. And she's attractive. Yeah, presumably this she not is something that could work out well. She nods over to them, so it sounds promising. Maybe it's not so, such a bad thing that they're going to end up in Philadelphia. The adventure goes on, and we're back at the bar, and Lily finally gets approached by a guy. Yeah, and I find this um, a little ridiculous. She sat on a grape, and even though she was sitting down most of the time, this guy noticed and decided to tell her, where's a grape coming from? Like, I don't know. It's very manufactured. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it, was, it leads to a, a setup. It wasn't the cleanest writing. Yeah. The payoff is, you know, when Marshall comes in. But right. At this point, it's just sort of, you know, let me help you at club soda for that. And apparently, this grape exploded because it's all over the back of her skirt. Then we get a really good cut to Sasha's party. <laughs> and I like the Sasha's party scene because this is so relatable. <laughs> I know I've been at this party before. Hard lemonade and all. I used, to, I used to have people come over, I think when I'd be home from college, I'd have people go over to my house and you know, I'd have a couple, you know, a case of beer or something. And my mom would be upstairs in her bedroom <laughs> reading and getting ready to go to sleep. And everyone sort of had to keep it down a little bit. <laughs> my grandpa's upstairs. Even once somebody even, we tried, someone tried smoking weed. And we thought that if you, we did the, tried the trick of putting fabric softener sheets in a tube like a <laughs> it was either a like a paper towel paper tube towel or tube paper or toilet paper tube one of those sheets. two and if you blow the smoke out through that it'll come out smelling like <laughs> fabric softener and so we're 
we I tell them to do it inside because I don't want my neighbors smelling it. And after about 15 minutes of this, my mom comes to the top of the stairs. And this has to be at like midnight. So she would have been asleep by like three hours, for like three hours by now. She's like, hun, Steve, Stephen, what, what's that smell? Is something burning? And so I go up and I tell her that, unbeknownst to me, someone had decided to light a cigar. <laughs> and she bought it. I said I told them not to do that and I made them put it out. So I never got in trouble for that. But it didn't work, kids. All you listening out there. So stay off the... So the lesson is, stay off the drugs, kids. So Don't the, do drugs. They're in this party, and yeah, like I said, I've been at this party. I may have even thrown it once or twice. <laughs> I like when she's passing out the hard lemonade, the sort of <laughs> organized passing down that they do, and the black guy on the sort of the left side of the couch who's the first one to get it. He doesn't say anything the whole time, but he's just sort of giving looks. It's sort of a well-done scene by him, but I really did like Dana, the, yes, the, Dana, the big the, guy. The guy who works security at the Liberty Bell? He, they give him good lines, and he just crushes them. Before we get back to Dana's lines, I, I do want to mention that you know, Marshall calls back to find Lily, and Robin lets Marshall know that she's flirting with a guy. Doesn't doesn't know yet or hasn't identified him as a gay man yet, but so that that information doesn't get relayed back to Marshall. But Marshall is now officially jealous. Yes, Marshall so, starts singing again, but much less confidently about how his relationship is built on trust. He starts and... to whine a little bit. <laughs> so now we're, we're back at, at Sasha's party, and Dana is delivering these great lines, like you know, security guard at the Liberty Bell. That must be interesting. He's like, I do okay. <laughs> And do you ever, you know, touch the Liberty Bell? Only all the time. Did you ever put your head in it? <laughs> yeah, he's got, his responses are just really good. And then when he says, if you ever lick the Liberty Bell, he gets real serious and stoic and says, no, I've never <laughs> licked the Liberty Bell. That's so why I really like this guy. It's a shame that we don't see him ever again. And they I never mean, saw him again. Sasha's friends. True. How often do there, they go to There would be no reason. Okay. Finally... Ted's had enough, and he walks out. Yeah, this is his stuff. We're back at McLaren's, and Robin tries to make Lily feel better. First of all, Lily tries to keep up the mirage that this guy's flirting with her. And right. Robin says, I think he's gay, and I like the, of course he's gay. <laughs> so Robin gives this heartfelt speech about how what women really want is what Lily already has, and, you know. Yeah, that's Lily's all being... Good kind of a brat like no I wanted to throw my net in and have guys pay attention to me too yeah she's the worst yeah and that comes back into play later in the season unfortunately it's a storyline that's not great but anyway yeah but the the return of Lily is done really well yes so it's I think the payoff for it is really good and we get we get we get some good Marshall trying to date yeah scenarios yeah no there's a lot of good that comes from it I just don't I don't like her actions, but what can you do? So Marshall comes in as as this guy's cleaning off Lily's tush and comes in real strong, like and hot. <laughs> and then you can sort of slowly see his confidence waning, you know, as he's like, I've never actually been in a fight. So that's obviously something we find out later on. They, they completely rewrite Marshall's history of right. what his history with fighting is. I mean, I think it's in his only claim that he used to fight with his brothers. I don't know if that counts as fighting. 
except for you know it was like battle royales where they were beating each other to pieces and he's crying as he's punching his brother's face in. <laughs> right but no that was all like the before and then do we ever see an after for him because it's kind of like in that episode it's like everybody's description of how tough they were and then you like flash to like what actually happened no I think you're confusing it with when they're talking about what badasses they were and getting arrested that's a different episode Oh, which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the one with the other bartender with the hairpiece. Oh, okay. And that's where Marshall is saying that he used to get into a lot of fights with his brothers. Okay. And they're like, they start making, it must have been quite the rough, quite the rough time in the uh, rumpus room. Oh, see, Cocoa that's break. <laughs> that's Noogie Patrol. Remember that? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I guess I have them mixed up. Though. Yeah, you're, you're combining two episodes, but... Uh, then he hugs the guy when he finds out that he's gay and not interested in Lily, which causes the boyfriend of the gay gentleman to attack Marshall. Which I guess he just showed up because obviously if he had been there for more than 30 seconds, he would have seen that Marshall wasn't trying to hit on this guy. And I think Marshall does this well, his sort of shrinking confidence. And yeah, we get another ombre. They really <laughs> like the word ombre in season one of this show. That's true. All right, now we're in the, I guess, the final shot with the cab ride. There's a little bit of a heartfelt moment where, you know, Barney's trying to talk to Ted about, like, you know, you're my best friend. I want to do things with you. Like, even though I might not be your best friend. Like, yeah, it was sweet. I want to hang out. And then Ted relents and, oh, lo and behold, they're at the Liberty Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Barney pulls off these stratagems that tend to work out in his favor and he, we're starting to get this storyline of Barney can talk anybody into anything, and, and they pretty much stick with that throughout the entire show. Very convincing. And then we find out why they're friends with Barney, because he's always he's always got a great story. Uh, the, the times with Barney, Barney always turns out into a, turns into a great story. And that is the end. Yep, and then we have the, of course, the kids' reaction at the end, because Ted ends up talking to a girl about the story and how they licked Liberty Bell, and it tasted like freedom and pennies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. And uh, so the kids are like, oh, okay, cool, like, story's over, right? He says, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a chance, would you lick the Liberty Bell? Absolutely not. That sounds disgusting. I would need, I would have some conditions. <laughs> I'd have to have like a mouthwash or something to wash my mouth out right afterwards. Cause, and I wonder if I could even clean off this spot before doing it. Like I, if I could bring Maybe. some sort of uh, cleaner, although that's probably, you're probably, there's probably something very specific you would need to use to clean the Liberty Bell because of the age of it. And they're trying to, maybe we're thinking, I'm thinking too much about this. I think so. I think your best bet is don't lick the Liberty Bell. You can't tell me what to do. Good thing we haven't been to Philadelphia. So that's it for our show tonight. It was a short one because, quite frankly, we didn't want to talk about the show all that much anyways. But next week we have Return of the Shirt. Return of the Shirt. Ooh, I didn't realize that one was this early. And I'm going to give us a quick break because I hear Roxy has the squeaky toy. So let's take a break. Let me take it from her, and then we'll come right back for... A quick preview of Return of the Shirt. So we're back. Yeah, Return of the Shirt. This is going to be the first 
episode of How I Met Your Mother where it ranks. I don't. I haven't looked at the ranking of it yet, but it's got so many great scenes, and we reference so much from it. It's, and it's really good. <laughs> and it's it features one of my favorite pastimes, which is uh, Krav Maga. So I, re I really look look forward to covering this one next week. I feel like that one's going to be a long one. We'll have a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll start to share our website and our Twitter feed and all that uh, probably by next week. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, maybe if we're super ambitious, we'll <laughs> add it on to the end of some of these episodes. Maybe, and why don't you sign us out, Jen? All right. May the road ahead be lit with dreams and tomorrows which are lit with dreams also. Stand tall, New York. Trustworthy. Recycling. Wear a comic. You can borrow some from Barney's suitcase. Have a good one. Good job.